0: Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the football podcast. We're all here, we're all talking football, transfer news, transfer window is still open and reliably informed so there is transfer news to talk about and all the games from last week to go through and all the games from this week to preview. Before we get started, please do consider to like, share, subscribe and comment, leave a review where you can leave a review, and share the podcast around is the big one. If you've got a football fan in your life, send them this podcast, they might even thank you for it. Right, let's get started. Here we go, this is CookieCast, the football podcast. <coughs>
1: Welcome on in ladies and gentlemen, it's uh, that sound that you all know and love, it is of course another instalment of the CookieCast Podcast Network's football podcast for your eyes and ears, obviously for for those of you watching us on YouTube, you're seeing me, you're hearing me, you're also hearing and seeing the voices and faces of the three stooges as it were, to join me for the football podcast, Mr Cook, Mr Woodmansey and Mr Moore. How are we all this week, gents? I'm
2: Good. Didn't did lose last weekend, did we? so, all, all, you all there. What?
1: we? You know what? We come off the back of uh, the lesser spotted Middlesbrough and Hull don't have a game. But Forest and, insert Mr Cook's team name at this particular point, do weekend. So I had to put all my eggs into the Hartlepool United basket, and I uh, was thoroughly rewarded with a two-one win against York City of all teams. Oh. Um, but uh, as uh, as it was my wife's birthday on the weekend, I was unable to go to the game. Suddenly, so damn it! Yes, I must. I must get to that uh, that that dirty smudge that I have on my head.
2: Uh, <laughs> any, any hey, I'm pretty sure she's been called worse, mate. The uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: So yes, we come off the back of FA Cup fourth round weekend. Um so we'll we'll dive straight in. The first game of the weekend. So Bristol City taking on Nottingham Forest. Matt, would you be upset if I was to give you a maximum of about thirty seconds to cover this game? I can do
3: it in less. Excellent. Boring. Off you go. Nil nil. Boring, lack of effort, lack of urgency, Morgan Gibbs White's back. Morgan Gibbs White is back. Done. Every dark cloud, it would appear, does it, does indeed
1: have a supple silver lining. Yes, a, a drab dreary nil nil draw, which is You're probably only, good for neither of the sides, and so it gives them the replay that
3: they, they neither of them wanted. Probably I go probably say. go with my thirty seconds off. Why the fuck was it on Friday? Because it wasn't on telly. This is the thing I don't understand with
1: the FA Cup this season because they've started, they've even started throwing Thursday night games, which helps absolutely nobody. Um, I, I can. The only thing I can assume is that it's it's TV stuff. That they're wanting to get more stuff on TV, and it's money at the end of
3: the day. Let's be honest. But where? I just, because obviously it's not over here. It's not here. So you're not avoiding like the three o'clock rule. There was only four games on Saturday at three o'clock, which was shocking. That's not the FA Cup. The FA Cup should be like most of the games are at three o'clock on a Saturday. But no, we've got a game on Thursday, four on Friday. Uh, you know, a few on you know, dotted all around on Saturday, three or four on Sunday, most of which aren't on telly, so it's a pain. And the ask for people to try and watch the teams. Then another one on Monday as well. It's just like the dark reaches of the web to possibly watch your football, to watch your team what you play. It is, it is a very very odd
1: happening that seems to be taking over the FA Cup. Um, but alas, it's probably here to stay, so
2: we probably can't do much about it. I say, are,
4: they, are, they not,
2: are they not just trying it to be a bit different, just to, to stretch out the appeal of the cup just that little bit further for?
1: Potentially, I know they did. They did a thing a couple of seasons back where to try and to sort of get through the games a bit quicker. I can't remember which round it was. It might have been the fifth on the,
2: the, the fifth round of the quarterfinals. Fifth round, yeah.
1: They put they put the round on midweek.
2: So that all have of the games think, are they played, not doing that again though? I think this time as well. Quite, quite
1: possibly. Um,
2: so all the games were played on like the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of
1: that particular week, so that the players, that the teams wouldn't have to take uh, a weekend out of the schedule to get the cup games. In. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. It, it's it just seems a bit odd to me because, like Matt said, yeah, you go from having the say there's say there's thirty two ties, I think in round three, and then obviously you drop it by half each way through. So 32 ties in the third round. You'd normally expect that, what, 24 of those would be played at Saturday at 3 p.m.? Then you drop it to, obviously, 32 ties. Um, no, you drop it to 16 ties. Ten of those would be played on Saturday at, 4, at 3 p.m., and so on and so forth. Fair enough, when you get to the quarterfinals and there's only four games that's fine to have them at, like, different slots, and, you know, like, you know, you'd have the Saturday lunchtime, Saturday evening, Sunday lunchtime, Sunday evening, and then that's that's fine. But, yeah, at the moment, it just seems a bit like they're, they're trying to do a little too much coverage, and then when you see that not even all of the games are being broadcast, it just, it just sticks a bit, yeah, it's a bit strange. From a predictions perspective, you'll be shocked to hear that no one had a 0-0 draw. Um, the closest anyone get was Stu with a 1-1 draw. So, Stu was the only person who comes out of that game with any points. <clears throat> the situation is exactly the same for our second game, which was also played on the Friday night, and saw Andrews, Chelsea taking on Aston Miller. This one also finished 0-0, but I believe... There actually was a goal scored in this one, that was then ruled out for for a VAR check. I believe Douglas Louise managed to score for Villa, uh, but it was overturned on the VAR. So another game that will go to a replay. Um, apparently, I did see uh, this is a this is a stat for you lads. Um, I did see that if Chelsea are unable to make it through in the fourth round replay against Villa. It'll be the first time since something like the 1920s that no London clubs have made it past the fourth round of the FA Cup. At least
3: I
2: think
3: it's crossed
2: for that, then. There you go. That means you're cheering on Villa, so you know this.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: Um, Predictions-wise, again, you'll be shocked to hear no one had a little draw, the closest anyone had. (laughs) was Stuart with a 1-1 draw, so he's the only person to come up with points from the second game of the week. Um, So that's two games down. Our third and final game of a very, very short week 26 saw Matt's team at Nottingham Forest in action again, going up against Arsenal. Um, Obviously, this one had more riding on it than the Cup game, certainly from a Forest perspective. Were they able to refocus their efforts and uh, get the points they so richly need in their battle against relegation?
3: Um, short answer: No. Ah! Um, but uh, I think I, I didn't didn't watch the game myself, but from reading reports and stuff, Forest kind of set up very similar to how they did last season, kind of like a low block, as this the new phrase is. Defending, defending, stopping Arsenal from kind of playing their, well, letting them play their pretty football, but letting them play their pretty football in front of them. Um, and it was going quite well uh, until the second half when uh, Arsenal had a throw-in and both Montreal and Danilo seemed to fall asleep. And ball went to Jesus. He kind of, had a little kind of scuttle to the byline and yeah put it through the keeper's legs which um is a common theme at forest at the moment is uh we appear to have four maybe five goalkeepers none of them are good enough um so yeah, one nil one nil for arsenal with jesus uh second uh, the second goal came i think forest obviously started to try to chase the game from a corner or a free kick, I think. Um, balls played out by Arsenal. Came to Monteal, whose clearance was piss poor, was a polite way of putting it? Uh, went straight to one of the Arsenal players who then played, carried it to the edge of the box, played it to Saka, stuck it in the back of the net. Kind of pretty much all over and done with by then. But kind of talking about kind of silver linings from the previous game. Uh a one t- who um came on at half time for Chris Wood and marked his comeback with what turned out to be a consolation goal in the 88th or 89th minute. It got check it got VAR checked. I've seen the goal a couple of times. I don't know why. Uh there was no hint of any offside anywhere, which was what the check was apparently for and then everyone's favorite twat of a referee mike riley who somehow managed to swindle his get swindle himself a job on sky sports um was like oh maybe it's for a foul again there was no foul He was Do you just not think stronger. it's more
2: because you were playing arsenal yeah yeah, yeah. one of the top but, four teams and it's like oh let's have a, let's double check to make sure that arteta's not going to cry like a little bitch about it afterwards <laughs> yeah but it's a like it seems to be this typical
3: kind of taiwo finish kind of gets sometimes he has he has the obviously his god stuff must be working because he gets all the lucky bounces the kind of lucky bounce from his turn and then sticks it in the back of the net so nice finish apparently there was a var check for a penalty for forest that evidence has been hidden by everybody mainly I
2: presume the Arteta family have got involved and tried it tried oh. to make sure that it's hidden away. No, um, it was it wasn't that. It was definitely at the end of the game. So when they scored with like a couple of minutes to go plus the injury time, it set up like the the cliched grandstand finish. And Forrest did actually give it a good go. But the when they shouted for the penalty, the replays that they kept showing wasn't for an Arsenal foul on a um a Forest player in the box. It turned out that it was from two Forest players running into each other. They oh, checked right. it because they weren't sure. <laughs> oh, they yeah, I must to admit, give themselves a little. Laugh.
1: I must, I must admit, when when I saw the replay, I was like, "Oh my god, it's going to be a pen!" And then, so I was like, "Oh god, that is it's one of the worst decisions I've ever seen." Uh, and the fact that they had, they felt they had to go for the referral. It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> it
2: wasn't <laughs> to, to the referee's defense. It was pretty frantic in the last few minutes, though. So. If he hadn't quite have caught up with it, then I suppose it's better to be safe than sorry. But, you know, let's not stop the game for 10 minutes because of that. Well,
3: yeah, so ends 2-1 to Arsenal. Their first win in four games at the City ground. So Disappointing,
1: disappointing. Sadly, um, from a predictions perspective, disappointing as well for Mr Cook, who was the only one who went for not an Arsenal win. He'd gone a 1-0. With Morgan Gibbs White to score. Um, Stewart gone for a 2 1 to Arsenal, so bags himself two points. He also had Saka as the goal scorer, so gets himself a bonus point for that. Matt had 3 1, um, also had G- His, say Jesus, Jesus, and Saka both to score. I had a 3 0 with Saka to score. So I, bet I get myself a bonus point for the goal score there. So ending the week, Stanley, Mr. Cook, zero points from three games. Disappointment. I had two points from three games. Matt, three points from three games. But taking them in this week with a whopping five points from the three games, Mr. Stuart Woodmancy. Uh, so week 27's fixtures are on the horizon. Six in total. Before we get to week 27's fixtures, we are going to take a small break. And when we come back, the transfer window shuts as of 11pm tomorrow evening. So, will we see some ins and outs? Almost certainly. Have there been ins and outs that we need to cover? Yes, we'll do that as soon as we come back. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with you. Yes, indeed. We are back underway. And as we said before the break, we would open the rejoining of the podcast with some transfer window activity talk. Um. I I feel like I'll jump in first with the borough news. As um, if what I understand from is coming from the Hull side of things, we 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 might be here for a for a good while. Uh, so it's just a simple a simple one one in for the borough. Um, we've signed full-back Luke Thomas on a rest of season loan from Leicester City. Um, I think he's he's a player who. who comes with a fair bit of pedigree he was in, the, was in the cup winning side from a couple of years back when they beat Chelsea in the final um, he's played uh, a, a number of a, a decent number of, uh, of games in the Premier League for Leicester um, I think he might have got an injury uh, which set him back a little bit and he's not, not been able to get himself back into the, into the first team at Leicester um, so he's obviously come to the Borough for the remainder of the season he mainly plays as a left back um, the, the talk is that he's been brought in as cover for Alex Bangura the injury that he picked up against Chelsea seems to be uh, a little bit worse than first thought um, so it could be that he's out for the rest of the season I think Thomas has come in as the cover and um, there is also uh, an out that that happened a number of weeks ago that I completely missed and forgot to bring up. Uh, and it is in that left sort of area. Um, Hayden Coulson, who started the season as the club's only recognised left back or left wing back, depending on the uh, on the system they were playing, he's got to loan to blackpool the remainder of the season. So um, I would imagine that's the first steps in finding Mr Coulson at another club. Um as I don't think he's uh, he's really um at an age where he's he's proved that he can be a a first team regular or that. that's I think it's probably the best uh, best for him to move on. Uh I imagine he will probably be moved on permanently in the summer. So yeah, one in, one out at the borough. Um has there been any permanent additions
3: or or withdrawals from a forest perspective at this point, Matt? No confirmed additions yet. Um, but lots kind of on the on the way possibly uh, on the on the, peri- on the periphery as it were. Yeah, just on the horizon, they're kind of coming in like the usual kind of barrage towards the end of the uh, transfer window, as it were. Uh, but we've yeah. had two outs. Um, Scott McKenna, whose contract is up in the summer, um, and struggled to kind of like get a game since we got got into the Premier League. He's gone on loan for the rest of the season to FC Copenhagen. So he's trading in bottom of the league at Forest to Champions League um, for Champions League football. And Ollie Hammond, he was a youth player that had been on the bench a few times, has made a permanent move to Oldham. I think he's one of them ones that unfortunately is a victim of the kind of sudden rise to the Premier League I think if he would have been in the Championship still he might have got a couple of games and be possibly playing but we aren't so he hasn't so he's gone gone on a permanent transfer to uh, Oldham I think he was in the last year of his contract anyway so so yeah
1: Mm. So yes, obviously keep an eye on the incomings at Forest at the end of the transfer window. I imagine the borough will be, uh, will be similar, they'll probably try and do a little bit of business uh, as well. Uh, which leaves us with Hull, and I understand there's a, a complete boatload, li- pos- quite possibly literally a full boat of both incomings and outgoing since we last spoke
2: well maybe not maybe not quite that many although as you rightly said at the time of recording the the transfer window doesn't close for uh, just over 24 hours so with the, there's still a couple of rumours but we'll get we'll get to that um first off on last week's podcast as we were uh, actually recording it had just been announced that Andy Smith has gone on loan to Cheltenham Town until the end of the season uh, so a Defender, who's played a few times for us this season, most notably in the Cup games, um, actually looked decent. Quite surprised he's, he's gone, uh, but it is only on loan. Um, and interestingly, Cheltenham was the club that uh, Jacob Greaves went to on loan once upon a time. So they've obviously got some sort of link there and um, aren't afraid to get the players back once they are uh been improved. So, So I guess watch this space. I did like him. I thought he looked decent. So, uh, hopefully, um, like I say, that is just a a temporary move. Um, Now, sound the alarm, ladies and gentlemen. Ruben Venagra, left back, has been recalled by his parent club, Sporting CP. Um, Great. Absolutely fantastic. We now have no left back in the building. But I would still suggest that, unfortunately for him, has been better than that signing uh, on loan uh, this season. He has either been injured or just terrible. Um, so now he can do both back at his parent club. So that's that's not the worst news in the world. Um, two more outs. Um, we had Jason Laquillo uh, go out on loan to Portuguese side... FC Vizela, he's not set the world on fire, Uh, we only signed him at the beginning of this season, did embarrassingly have a little look back through the notes because I was pretty sure I'd done this and confirmed it earlier today in preparation for the podcast and marked him as my one to watch and uh, now hasn't even managed the full season with us as he's uh, sent on his uh, loan travels to Portugal. Um hopefully he'll learn more than one trick whilst he's there. <laughs> uh, now, probably the saddest news of the outs. I'm looking at you, Mr. Cook. I hope you've got your box of tissues ready. Because uh, just before time of recording, it was confirmed that Aliar Syed Manesh has gone not on a loan but on a permanent transfer to Belgian side, KVC Westerlo for an undisclosed amount of money. Um, Probably a Milky Way and a bag of wheat crunches, I should imagine. Um, He appeared 40 times for Hull. Only scored three times, which seems ridiculous because if he'd only scored as many times as Andy Cook had predicted, maybe he would still be there now. Um, But yeah, it, he looked great when he was with us on loan. A lot of pace, not a lot of end product. Also likes a cheeky little punch in the ribs occasionally to the uh, the opponents. So he's um he's got that yellow card about him. But um but yeah, no longer have to worry about that for for City. Now, probably a little bit more interesting are the two names coming in. Uh one uh we just have uh, Ryan Giles signed on loan for the rest of the season from Luton town. So he potentially is a left back that we needed. And uh, Paul will probably have a little bit more to say, I should imagine as he spent a portion of time on loan up at the borough. Um, I'm, I'm quite pleased with that one, to be honest.
1: Yes. Uh, he was leading assist maker in the championship last season, last on loan at the borough. Um, a very a very attack-minded left-back, I will say, tends to think of attack first, defend second, which obviously is great from a goal-scoring perspective, but obviously not so good from a... If he's attacking all the time, you're, uh, your guy who's playing the left of your midfield three slash two, that's whatever, uh, will need to have his... His head switched on at all times because he's going to be doing a lot of cover. Is all I'd say. Um, oh. but, uh, but from what I saw last season, really enjoyed him. Um, obviously, in the summer, there was talk that he um, had the opportunity to join Luton or Middlesbrough on a permanent from when he uh, when he left Wolves. I think both teams have had have had bids have been accepted by Wolves. Um and obviously he took the opportunity to go to the Premier League. Um hasn't worked out for him as he's not really been better picked. Um I think been playing with last season but he must have got the nod. I think his name is Alfie Doughty. Um so yeah, he's not really had a bit he's not really had a look in, to be honest with you um so it, it is just a, it's just a it's just a deal is, is there any no, like, any sort of talk of it being one that there's a there's an agreed fee up front or, or like sort of in the paperwork for them if they want to make it permanent in the
2: summer um of of the two signings that we made um there was i'm sure it was him yeah he's he's the one that's got the option so um the official press release read the 24-year-old has joined on loan for the remainder of the season, with the club having the option to buy him permanently at the end. But it is an option; it's not like a they have to. I agree, yeah, um, not an
4: obligation.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think it's it'll be one of them whereby if we went up through the playoffs, he'd probably jump what? at the chance. Um, whether or not um, that actually happens, obviously, remains to be seen. And I should suggest. A lot of that will probably depend on the next signing I'm about to talk about and any more signings we get between now and uh, the the window closing. Um, So, yeah, the second in was possibly the worst signing that could have been made for anybody with a Hull accent. And the the young guy's name is Noah Ohio. So, obviously, in Hull, slightly uh, exaggerate that, it'll be... Noah, uh, um, which is, will it, will it
1: not uh, be, will it not be no, uh, Yeah,
2: probably. It'll be that kid. Um, (laughs) um, yeah, he's signed on a loan from standardly age. He's only 21. He's played for the Netherlands under 21 side six times and has scored five times in those six games. Um, haven't got his club stats. The fact that they didn't put that all in the press release tells me they're probably not quite as good. Um, <laughs> but it's it's one of them that, it, again, they've touted him as one that they've been watching. It fits the Liam Rossini profile of getting a younger player in for a bit of development. Um, we, we desperately needed a striker, having gone from being... Spoilt with what we had to, so then all of them catching a knock of some description. Apart from Billy Sharp, who is the same age as me, pretty much. Um, so yeah, I, I think that one was more a case of they had the opportunity. We needed somebody who can uh, put the ball in the net, and he—he he, like I said, fits the Liam Rossini profile. So fingers crossed it works out. But they've strengthened where they needed to strengthen. They've got rid of probably slightly more than I anticipated, particularly with the, the Kilo one and perhaps the Andy Smith one. Um, but there's, it's rumoured that there's still potentially another two signings to come in. Uh, one of them is all but confirmed, apparently, which is um, a, I think it's a, a Turkish midf- creative midfielder from Trabonspor or however you say it. Um, Turkish? I think he's Turkish, yeah. They, they,
1: they never sign any Turkish players.
2: Well, we do, and then we sell them on the next season, apparently, is how it works, apart from Tufan. Um, which I'll, I'm not grumbling at the fact we've not sold him, because he's seemingly come good um, this year. So, uh,
3: And that's actually what? a Turkish team I've heard of, because sometimes you just sign random guys from random Turkish teams. I'm like, <laughs> nope, never heard of that team. You could genuinely be making that one up. Whereas Travelling I've heard of.
2: So, yeah, that's as as at time of recording, that is everything that has been confirmed. But I feel like we may have another few minutes on next week's podcast just to wrap up the old transfer business.
1: Yeah, I think, obviously, next, by the time we get recorded next week, the, the transfer window will have officially shut. So we, uh, we'll know exactly what our teams have got to go with uh, from, now, from then until the end of the season.
2: They'll have had all that extra time they need for the fax machines to feed all the stuff through so the deals can go through like an hour after the window closes and all that. Completely legitimate stuff. Of course. So
1: that's the, transfer be- uh, that's the transfer business done and dusted, which means we move swiftly on to the six games that take uh, that comprise of Week 27's fixtures. And that first game sees Mr. Woodman sees Hull City taking on Millwall. Um, and this one isn't taking place on a Friday night. What's that no. all about? Not even on Sky. How rude. This is absolutely unheard of, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, it's Mr Woodman's team, therefore he will give his prediction last. As mine's nicely written in the book, I'll open us up this week. I have 2-1 Hull win. And for a goal each for Carvalho and Jacob. And a goal back for Millwall from Fleming. Matt, what have you got for
3: Hull-Millwall? I've also gone for a 2-1 whole win. Yes. With Carvalho. Yep. And Ohio. Gonna get very exciting in the whole area on Saturday. Straight yeah. in. All of and, them oh, properly as vowels. <laughs> <laughs> Just when they finish saying Carvalho. Then the Ohio, oh my god, Carvalho, Ohio, Uh, and then I've got Oberfemi scoring for uh, Millwall. He's just signed Um, on loan from Burnley.
2: (laughs) Oberfemi, all of them. Oberfemi,
1: oh my god, just Carvalho, Ohio, Oberfemi. It's like (laughs) answer smash at um, House of Games.
3: I all didn't the even goals just rolled into
2: one. He's I haven't even thought about that. Oh man! Next week, if you could do that Andy? next time when I'm just taking a mouthful of coffee, that'd be great.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I've I've gone with not being optimistic now. All these goals for all I've I've gone with a one-all draw. Ooh. I'm, like, I'm letting, I'm letting the, the side down. Uh, sharp for Hull, And it's been a while since I had the opportunity to say this, but uh Mr. Honeyman. The score for Millwall. I was I, I did point out earlier that I was spoiled for old boys in the Millwall side. Uh so I went with went with the honeyman himself.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh God and Stu, How do you see this one going? And obviously, you'll be in attendance with your season pass, no doubt.
2: I will. Will indeed. Um, it's, it's been a couple of weeks since we've we've had a, a home game, so it'll be nice to get back. And speaking of getting back, making the schedule to make a return this week is none other than, um, in Liam Rossini's own words, the league's best winger. Uh, and Jaden Philogene makes his return, so stick me now for a one-nil Hull win with Jaden to do the business.
1: Jaden Philogene, very, very nice. That's it for the Saturday games. To move swiftly on to Sunday, where there are three games taking place at the our side. The first of which is live on Sky Sports at twelve AM, twelve AM, twelve PM. Christ Almighty, I hope it's not at twelve AM. 12pm uh, Middlesbrough versus Sunderland in the. It's not a derby, but as soon as we get beaten by them, we always seem to throw our toys out of the pram derby
2: with Sunderland. As, uh, That's when a really they long won. title for Sky to put on the heading.
1: Yeah, it's it's a weird one, but watch watch for it because uh, as soon as they lose, they all oh, the they uh, they're sure as health uh, give their uh, give their opinions on it. Uh, they certainly did earlier in the season when it was 4-0. But that's not for me to say. Uh, Middlesbrough versus Sunderland, my team, I will therefore go last. Uh, let's go to Andy for his prediction first.
4: Uh, I've got the borough down to win 2-1. Um, okay. I'm sure I'm about to reel off an, a list of names of people who are either not playing for these clubs or in. So here we go. Balls. And Greenwood to score for the borough. A little bird told me that uh, there was a Greenwood-Sunderland connection. So uh, i to get that in there. Um, and I've gone with tomato for Sunderland.
3: Matt? I've gone for a one-all draw with Greenwood for Middlesbrough. And Bellingham
2: for Sunderland. Stu? same score as Matt, different goal scorers. So I've gone 1-1 and I've got Hackney for the Borough and Clark for Sunderland.
1: Yes, this is somewhat of a odd homecoming of sorts for Jack Clark for Sunderland. Whilst he was at Leeds, he played a game against Borough where he got taken off at half-time and then suffered some sort of seizure when he was on the bench. Um, hopefully, nothing of that sort of thought happened this time. And hopefully, it has a much nicer return to the Riverside. I don't think this is the first time he'd have played there since that occurred.
2: Um, but yeah, hopefully, nothing
1: uh, nothing untoward happened
2: this time. Uh, based uh, on his gone. form this season, it's not obviously been long lasting, has it? Because he's he's come no, back no. from it stronger. He's certainly bounced back from it, uh, certainly. Well, uh, I've gone
1: for a two-nil Borough win on this one. Sunderland are a bit up and down, they're a bit all over the place. So I think we can probably capitalize on that. I've gone for a goal each from Greenwood and new signing Finn Azazi's first for the club. Fingers crossed for that. Our second game of Sunday and third game of the week. Sees Mr. Moore's team, Nottingham Forest, travelling down to Bournemouth again. Let's hope there's no storm activity in the uh, Dorset area so that that stadium doesn't suffer some irreparable damage that um, you know causes the game to be called off again. Um, Mr. Buzz's team he will go last. I'll jump straight in here. I've gone for a one-one draw. If still at the club, I've gone with Dominic Solanke. To score for Bournemouth and Gibbs White to score for Forest. Stu, what have you got for Bournemouth Forest?
2: Another one-one draw. Um, different goal scorers. I've got uh, Cliver for Bournemouth and Dominguez for Forest.
1: Andy.
4: Uh, there must be something in the water as I've gone for a 1-1 draw. Not only that, I've got Solanke down to score for Bournemouth. Uh, but, come on, gents. There's never going to be an opportunity on a podcast where I'm not saying I've got wood for Forest, Do love it. do love me some
1: Boris. Uh Matt, how do you see this one playing out for the, uh, the boys in the Garibaldi?
3: I think it's draws all round, I think. But you lot should have done You well should have cast your minds back to what? About two week two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Four weeks ago? Obviously Forrest lost three two to uh, Bournemouth um in a kind of veritable goal fest or, or a demonstration of how not to defend, which probably means this is gonna be a nil nil draw now. Um I want to two <laughs> each. Solanke and Billing to score for Bournemouth. And Gibbs White and a one year for Forrest.
1: He is back and he is back amongst the goals, as we heard earlier.
3: So let's hope. If he can only do half if he can only do forty five minutes, I'd play him from the start. Yeah, play him I'd from agree the start. Get him on. Get, get get him on, get on the front foot, get some goals and see where we go from there as opposed to like, bring him on when we're a couple of goals down to try and salvage something. Yeah, I'd agree with that one. Our last game
1: from the Sunday slate sees Mr Cook's team, Chelsea, taking on Wolves. Now, for those of you out there who are looking and saying, hang on a second... Chelsea have got a, Chelsea have got a game here that you haven't covered. Yes, we know, we know. But they were playing against Liverpool, they were playing this evening, they were basically playing at a time where by the time it had finished it was gonna be ungodly late, so we've just skipped the game. We're not covering it. Don't want to hear any more about it. Regardless of what happens with the result, and they remain a Chelsea team uh Chelsea team, they remain a Chelsea supporter. It's not just because they're two 0 down as we're recording, but um, We won't get into that. Um, So, yes, so Chelsea versus Wolves is our third and final game from the Sunday slot. Obviously, it's Mr. Cook's team, therefore, he will go last. I've gone for a 1 0 Chelsea win here, and I don't quite know why I've done this, but I have gone with Mudrick to score, which is ridiculous because I think he is
2: absolute toss. Stu. Um, I'm I'm firstly going to start off by saying if you are disappointed uh, about us then not potentially covering Liverpool, two things: go and have a little word with yourself in a quiet corner, and if you're still really disappointed, go into your kitchen, open the bin, and have a good old dive in. Right, um, I've gone for Chelsea two Wolves nil with Fernandez and Palmer.
3: match i've also gone for a chelsea win i've gone for a 3-1 win with fernandez palmer sterling chelsea and is it kuna for kuna. wolves yeah kuna. Kuna.
1: Well, then, Mr. Uh, go on, Mr Cook. Tell, tell us how you feel it's going to pan out for the uh, the boys in blue. I'm I'm feeling good about this because
4: I've got a very similar sort of thing going on to a lot of uh, you gentlemen. I've got a 2-0 a for Chelsea and I also have Sterling and Palmer to score those the goal. So, you know, I think we on a winner, eh?
1: Palmer, certainly a Solid choice as a goalscorer at the moment for Chelsea. Our uh, fifth and sixth games are the replays of the fourth, FA, fourth round FA Cup games from earlier in the week. So, the first of which is Mr Moore's team, Nottingham Forest, taking on sort of Andy's team in Bristol City. Obviously, if you know. You know. Nothing Forest versus I've been first. I've gone for a 2 0 Forest win. A 1 and Danilo. Oh. Andy, what have you got The for Forest versus Bristol City?
4: Again, similar, just not quite the same. Just a 1 0. And I was reliably informed that a 1 year was back and was getting amongst the goals. So, uh, got a pick on that.
2: Absolutely. Stu? It's a cup game, so the cup striker will be back. So I've got one nil to Forest with Wood to score. Yeah,
1: that? Uh, I, I, I believe I saw a little bit of a nod of agreement there.
3: So Matt, are you uh, are you in full agreement with that? Yeah, you've got to get Wood for the cup. So, uh, so yeah, I've gone for a two-one Forest win. Um, Wood, Hudson-Odoi, and Conway for Bristol City.
1: Very nice. And our final game of the week, closing us out, it's Chelsea again, but they are going to Birmingham to take on Aston Villa. And as we stated, if they don't overcome Villa, it will be the first time... Uh, that no London clubs have made it through to the fifth round of the FA Cup since something like the 1920s or something like that. Um, obviously, it's Mr Cook's thing, so he will close out the podcast this week for us. Um, I believe there will be no, uh, no London-based clubs in the fifth round. I've gone for a 2-1 Villa win on this one. I've gone for Watkins and Diaby to score for Villa. Palmer to score for Chelsea. Stu, how do you see this one for Villa-Chelsea?
2: Um, based on the game the other night, I feel like we're getting the full, um, the full cup experience, and it'll be uh, extra time penalties, the full, the full shebang. Uh, so after ninety minutes, I've gone for one all with Watkins and Sterling. Sterling seems really overdue for Chelsea at the moment, so it's got to happen at some point.
1: Well, he's got the uh, he's got the semi-finals out of his system without scoring, has not he? So. He's, he's probably eligible to score again in games now. Uh, Matt, how did you
3: Villa-Chelsea? I've gone for a 2-1 Chelsea win. I'm kind of worried they're going to start to go on a bit of a run now. They seem to have got the team sorted and stuff like that. So I've gone McGinn for Villa. And then Sterling and Palmer for Chelsea.
2: I mean, you say that, but they absolutely... Crapped the bed last night against ah. Newcastle, didn't they? Yeah. Chelsea are
3: getting stuffed by the Liverpool now. Yeah. yeah. Mr Cook, <laughs> no your <no>. one. <laughs> give,
1: uh, give us how you feel it's going go. uh,
3: two.
4: Two, two to go. A 0-2. A 2-0 win Chelsea. Uh, I've got Palmer again. Uh, but I thought I'd mix things up with, and, and went with Richards.
2: Who? <laughs> uh, I knew that was going to happen. Maybe, maybe Mika's coming down from the old uh, commentary position. Let's have a look.
1: He right here. Do du- Richards. I mean, I I can put him down, but I'm going to put it out there. I'm almost certain he'll be a youth team prospect who probably won't get anywhere near the squad.
2: He wasn't Uh, on the bench for the last game.
4: My other option was
2: Broger. He might not be there.
1: Yeah, there's there's talk of of clubs putting bids in. Honestly. Honestly. It's like... Because I'm a nice guy, Andy... Do you want me to put you down for uh, Carney Chukwuemeka? Yeah, absolutely. Damn it, I only I don't even know how to spell Carney Chukwuemeka.
2: Imagine imagine if they were playing Forest this week and Andy's prediction would have been Wood Chukwuemeka for the two goal score.
1: How much would would a Wood Chukwuemeka chuck if a Wood Chukwuemeka chuck chuck. <laughs> yeah, can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> Go on. Love it. Chuck That concludes all of the week's games. Uh do we have odds this week? The
2: games. Well, I mean we we have we have lots, lots of odds. Um I hadn't had to do it for the last couple of weeks, so if I'm completely truthful, completely forgot. Um, I can try and quickly do that if you'd like, or we can just leave it until next time. It's up to you. Yeah, we'll just we'll just we'll, it's uh, it's it, it's not
1: essential for us to be able to get it. See, so yeah, i six games predicted for week twenty-seven, and we've gone through all of your happenings and ins and outs and whatnots for week twenty-six. Even brought you a little bit transfer news. Thank you, as always, for these three wonderful gentlemen for joining me to go through the ins and outs, ups and downs, tributes and turmoils and and whatnot of their clubs and of my own. Join us again next week where we'll break it all down again. We'll go through the games that we've just predicted. We'll predict some more games and we'll probably tell you who our team's either brought in or let go at the last minute of the transfer window. I'm sure my team at least will probably be significantly weakened by having sold all of their goal scoring talent it will be awesome join us in a couple join us next week lads ladies and gents we'll do it all again for you until then happy bye so
0: there you go what do you think to that another one done another one gone another week of games gone and another week of games to come Big thank you for watching, big thank you for listening, big thank you for being here. Before you go, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. And check out the website, thecookiecast.com. There we have social media links and an email button and that way you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Till next time, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then.
2: Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.